Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, the podcast dedicated to delivering all of your Netflix horror needs. I'm Kyla, and here with me today is my good friend Marty, sporting vampire teeth, as always. I want to talk about movies! (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Kyla. How are you today? I'm very tired, but also, like, really happy. So me too. That's That's a general mood. Yes. It's like... We're almost halfway through the semester, so it's... Actually, we're more than halfway through the semester. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, that excitement of, like, building towards the end. Mm-hmm. And, like, a generally good time of year for horror stuff. If yeah, I recall definitely. correctly, like, I think around this time last year we watched the Evil Dead movies, and it was, like, my first time seeing them. Yeah. That's when you showed them to me. Mm-hmm. So, for anyone not aware, Marty is, like, the Evil Dead expert. <laughs> I wouldn't say expert, I'm just really into the movies. (laughs) Okay, so today we are unfortunately not talking about Evil Dead. Um, I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. Um, Hopefully it comes to Netflix sometime. Yeah, I hope so. But today we are talking about The Ritual. It's actually like a really recent release. I think I read that it just got put on Netflix in like February 2018. Um, So still pretty recent, but there's been like a little bit of buzz about it. Yeah. It's a Netflix original, so those tend to get a lot of talk. Um, so, you know, we were browsing Netflix last night, trying to pick out something for the podcast, and this caught our eye. It was one of those, the cover art looks, like, really, um, like, kind of a Blair Witch vibe, which is, like, honestly kind of what the aesthetic of the entire movie ended up being. Yeah, it was it was very Blair Witchy. Not like the remake, but, like, the original. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the good one. <laughs> Um, so the ritual is about a group of friends who reunite to go on a hiking trip up in Sweden, and, um, being the stupid horror protagonists that they are, of course, they end up wandering off the path and basically coming across a whole lot of crazy shit in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, at one point, like, they stumble into an old abandoned house and decide to spend the night there, because horror movie protagonists, and they find, like, a... In the attic, there's, like, a statue dedicated to, like, some god. And then there's also a monster in the woods. And, like, you know, you can kind of figure out where it goes from there. Um, So, Marty, what did you think of this movie? Um, Well, I kind of had some, uh, like, predispositions going into it. Because people on uh, the horror side of Tumblr um, got really into the character concept of it. And so they passed around the monster, and that was enough for me to go, oh, hey, I really want to watch this movie, because it's got really good character concepts, and so, like, if anything, that's what I watched the movie for, but, like, the the story is good. I wouldn't say it's, like, superb storytelling, but it's very interesting. I like it a lot. Yeah, that's, like, pretty much exactly how I felt about it. I knew, like, nothing about this movie going in. Um, at first, like, I was thinking it was kind of, like, stereotypical, but they still, you know, like, the cinematography was still, like, pretty enough, and they still give you, like, enough information about the characters for you to care. Um, but then, like, once, like, things start going crazy, like, once they're in the woods, then I got super interested. Like you said, mostly because of this monster design. Freaking incredible. Mm -hmm. That's probably what we're gonna end up spending most of our time talking about. And, like, I don't really want to spoil too much. Like, I don't think we'll really say what exactly the monster is. 
just... I think we can still talk about the design, though. Yeah. Because it's so interesting and so cool. It's like nothing I've seen before in a horror movie. It's like part human, part elk, or um, part deer or something of that sort. But, like, not in the way that, like, normal centaurs are. It's like, it's where the head is supposed to be on a normal elk, it's replaced with, like, a human torso. And, like, the, the, the arms, where the arms are on the torso are, like, replaced with antlers. And then down where, like, the jaw as in teeth would be is, like, this hole with glowing eyes coming out of it and two hands. And it's so scary. It's so cool, though. I love it. Yeah. It was, like, <laughs> and, like, really good. Because that was CGI, right? Like, it wasn't really a practical effect. I mean, maybe... Maybe they had one. Like- I, I think a, I think if anything, there's this one shot of the creature like peering inside of a door, and the hands come out, and like it pokes its head in a little bit. It's it doesn't really have a head, but like it peers in, and I think that was practical effects. But other than that, I don't think anything else was practical effects. It was very well rendered, though. Yeah, I was about to say like a really good use of CGI. Because I know a lot of times for horror films, like, CGI kind of gets some flack. You know, people tend to respect practical effects more, which I guess, like, I would be in that team. Because um, on all the films that I've worked on, I've helped done, like, practical effects, so I really enjoy it. But, you know, I'm also, like, an artist. I want to be an animator one day, and so I have major respect for what these digital artists do. And they just did a really good job capturing the movements of this creature... And uh, making it look like it fits in the environment. Yeah, they did a, a lot of really. They did they did a lot of detailing and a lot of very good work on just getting this creature correct in in just how 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 it moves and how it just oh it's so it's so good it's so creepy and I love it. <laughs> yeah, and I I. I I agree with you, Kyla. I think practical effects are probably more effective when it comes to horror, but I definitely think CGI is a pretty important tool as well. But in this case, like, even though I I would have, like, if it were me, I probably would have done more practical effects. I think the CGI for this was, like, really well done and, like, superb. It's the, the just right Pacha from Emperor's New Groove theme. <laughs> See, it's going to be hard for us to not talk about the monster, but I guess we should go into a little bit of the rest of the film. Yeah, uh, I think I think the the setting and stuff is really cool because one character keeps having like these traumatic flashbacks to like the the night when his friend was killed. And so like they there are parts of the film where they mix in the environment of the forest with the environment of the shop that his friend got killed in, and so, like, there are LED lights hanging from the trees and, like, shelves with, like, products and stuff on it that are, like, overgrown with plants and stuff, and it's so cool looking. Like, other than the monster, that was my favorite part of the film, was that mixture of, like, this guy, like, knowing he's in the forest, but also having, like, this, like, flashback, and it was, oh, goodness, I love, I love set design, (laughs) and I love monsters. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I totally feel you on that one. Like, yeah, that was, like, the... There was something about this movie that just captures, like, an aesthetic 
um, from like even like the nature shots were just beautiful and you get that feeling of being out in the woods and being isolated and how small these characters are you know among the trees and among this like wilderness and then uh, yeah like you said like the blending of um, these flashbacks into the woods and seeming like it's all one location that's just been like meshed together in like a you know, scary kind of nightmare world. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting to look at. And um, atmosphere, you know, like, I think that a lot of films, like, I don't know, it's something that I think is just really important to horror. And I think that a lot of films forget how important that is. And so, like, major props to this film for having, like, knowing, I guess, what its aesthetic was going to be and, like, capturing that. Yeah, it's, it's, I feel like we've entered, like, a, a new age for, like, horror movies, just because, like, a lot of the ones we've seen are, like, you know, kind of cliche, you know, you kind of know what's gonna happen, but, like, they're very well executed and very enjoyable, like, you know, we, we kind of saw that with Happy Death Day, too, like, it was cheesy, but it was, it was really good. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely, because, like, Exactly, and, like, that's, I guess, I don't know what the change is, like, if it's, maybe Netflix has something to do with it, like, sponsoring these what would be, like, maybe low-budget films, but maybe it's also just that, like, good filmmakers are finally getting, like, the attention, like, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but, um, I'm definitely glad we're living through it. Mm-hmm. So, was there anything that you disliked about the film? Um... I mean, I kind of disliked the characters just because they felt kind of flat. But um, by the end of it, I, I really was rooting for them just based on the stress that they went under. And that the, really the ending of the movie is like the best part. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it just all builds up and you kind of you kind of need them to be flat and boring if you want them to like go through the stress and like them but also it could have been better with how they you know executed the dynamics and stuff just because they were supposed to be like friends for like a long time and then they go hiking to honor their friend that got killed and they just didn't have a relationship that felt strong at all? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think, like, for me, it's interesting, because at the beginning of the film, yeah, like, they, I definitely was like, oh, I know how this is gonna go, you know, I know these, like, character stereotypes, but it definitely, like, it did take it in a way that, like, I mean, some of the stuff I expected happened, but, like, they added more nuance than, like, you would have thought. Like, there's the one guy, um, what was his name, Dom, who, like, twists his ankle at the beginning, and that's why they end up trying to take a shortcut, and, like, you know, you kind of think, like, oh, he's gonna be the idiot that, like, we're meant to hate because he slowed him down or whatever, and, like, actually, they make him really sympathetic, like, he's married and has a wife and kids, and he, like, talks about that, like, yeah, I just want to get home to my wife and kids, and, like, I don't know, that was cool, like, props to you for making us sympathize with your characters instead of for, you know, trying to make us cheer for them to, like, get killed or something. Yeah. I feel like, though, like, all that happened in the second half is, like, they they announced that these guys have families or whatever, and, you know, you don't really know that until the, the end of it. 
Because yeah. yeah. there's this part where they have, like, nightmares about, like, the woods and the something in the woods, the monster, I think, is making them have these nightmares so that they get confused and stay there. And Dom is, like, screaming his wife's name, but we don't know it's his wife's name until, like, maybe, like, 45 minutes later in yeah. the movie. Yeah. So I I kind of wish that they would have elaborated on a lot of stuff ahead of time. And also, like, we only know one guy's um, nightmare at that time, and, like, none of the other three say anything about what their nightmare is, but we, we see, like, the one guy's nightmare, because it's, like, from his point of view. But, like, I feel like if something messed you up in the woods that bad, like, that you all wake up screaming and, like, naked and praying to this weird statue in a in an abandoned house, you know, you, you all should kind of sit down and talk about what happened, but no... They're, like, stoic guys who don't do any of that. And I feel like, <laughs> I feel like if they had done that, that it <laughs> I feel like if they had done that, then it would have been a lot better, you know, at, like, giving some exposition and, like, some reason to care about these guys until, like, later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. It's amazing how much your problems can be solved by sitting down and talking to each other. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um... The things you learn in college. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, my other big issue was, like, the main character's character arc. Parts of it I got, like, I kind of got what they were going for, but, like, parts of it I didn't. So, without really getting into spoilers too much, because I'd still recommend this movie and I want it to be a surprise, um, but I think you can, I don't know, figure out how things are gonna go from, I like, halfway through like I guess like what for me you know at the beginning like you see he watches his friend get killed and stuff so then like the rest of the movie is him trying to process that um which is cool because like I do think that horror is a really good medium to talk about processing trauma mm-hmm. like that's a lot of horror films have done that and I think that's like really good I just wish it had been incorporated better because like you get the nightmare stuff and that's really good but then like I feel like I feel like, you know, he learned to be more, like, brave and confident in himself, but, like, there's not really a spot where you get to see him stick up for his friends, which was, like, kind of his, I guess, original issue, is, like, he didn't stick up for his friend at the beginning, so I was a little bit confused on that. But still, I like, I like where it ends up, and, like, I feel like he still has an arc, it's just not exactly, like, the arc that I would have wanted him to have. Yeah, I I feel like, you know, this guy who loses his friend should have gotten, like, an ending that was better than what we got, because it just... I'm, I'm trying not to spoil it, but, like... Eh. Yeah, like, you kind of... <laughs> you kind of have to talk about spoilers if, you, if like, to totally, like, process a lot of what goes on in the movie, you know? Yeah. Okay, should we just open it up to spoilers now? Yeah, Spo- okay. spoilers time now. Yeah, um, so this... if you haven't seen the movie, like, go watch it, please. Like, go watch it. It's on Netflix. It's, like, not very long. Um, just go watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of this. Yeah, it's 95 minutes. So now we're in 35 minutes. It's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Come um, back later. Yeah. Okay, so spoiler talk. So, like, the guy loses his friend, and he's inside this convenience store when it happens, and this guy, like, hits him upside the head and kills him and takes all of his money and stuff. Um, but then, like, later on in the movie, he loses the rest of his friends, and it's, like, kind of, it's, it's like, you know, I wish that the arc had been, like, him actually saving at least one of them, just because, like, that would have been better for the story, because, like, he would have learned to be able to stick up for people instead of hiding. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the Silence of the Lambs kind of thing, where, like, you know, Clarice feels guilty about, like, what happened in her childhood, so then she wants to, like, work as an FBI to save people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like that. It would have fulfilled his character arc a lot better. Like, he learns to stand up for himself, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, it would have filled his character arc a lot better if he had, like, learned to stand up for other people, too. Or, like, if he had been able to save Dom from the yeah. monster. You know? Yeah. Because, like, Dom is the one that ends up with him at the very end. It's like the two of them are the ones that make it to this creepy village that worships uh, the thing in the woods. And they they look at... His name is Luke, right? The main character's name is Luke. And during his dream, there's a symbol that shows up on his chest in, like, blood. And it's, like, five points. And you see that, and then there's this shot of an old woman assumed to be someone who also got lost in the woods. And she has four points. So, like, it's like a, like, the beast marking them for some reason. And, um, like, I just, I kind of wish that Luke had been able to save Dom from, like, being sacrificed. Because it was just kind of... Not good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, like, also, like, the woman tells Luke, like, yeah, you're gonna join our cult. Then, I don't know, it would have been more interesting, I think, if, like, you see him more challenged by this. Like, you know, maybe, like, he's tempted to actually do it and, like, give up and run and hide again and just live in the woods with these crazy people. And then, like, you know, maybe a better climax would have been, like, him deciding to save Dom from the sacrifice instead of joining, but, like, he's never really given a choice. Like, during the sacrifice, they have him, like, still inside the house where they have him chained up. So, like, I feel like they should have, like, brought him out at least to worship because before that, one of the ladies that comes in and talks to him says, like, you will bow to it in the woods. And... It will be a privilege for you to do that. And, like, just to paraphrase, like, he doesn't, like, it It kind of happens, but, like, I feel like they should have made him do it, you know? Yeah. That um, way he kind of has a, a way of standing up to them, you know? Yeah. But um, instead he accidentally shoots Uncle Fester in the face. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the, the, then the climax after that is really good. You know, after he runs off, from the village and he confronts the monster and like that that whole scene I thought was really interesting. Yeah, that was great. I liked that a lot. Yeah. And then like the very you know oh, final and the, note. The weird thing with the people in the attic. Yeah. Oh that oh, was cool. Was that? Yeah. It was like, like 
there there was something about how like people they said that if you worship this thing then you get to live forever but like the thing is when you go in the attic there was like a bunch of decrepit bodies and you think they're dead but then they start moving and it's so weird <laughs> yeah that was like it reminded me of the scene in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre where, like, they bring the crampon down. Yeah! And then they, like, feed him some blood, and then he's, like, just, like, sucking on her finger and, like, <laughs> barely moving. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Was. Yeah, that was really interesting. See, it's, like, for every, like... I don't know, for every part of this movie that doesn't work, then there's, like, something else that is actually really cool. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the beginning versus the end. The beginning is, like, if you're, if you if you're like, you know, some people I know, like, my mom or my dad, who, like, need to be kind of intrigued right away to be able to watch something, this might not be for you, but, like, if, if you kind of, like, a build-up, or if you can, like, wait through just some of the crap that's at the beginning, once you get to the end, it's totally worth it. Like, because that, that whole ending sequence is, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, Marty, you said, you told me before the show that you have some trivia. Oh, I do. I have a quote from the director, David Bruckner, about the inspiration for the monster. This was a, a movie that they adapted from a book. Really? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that until I, I looked it up. <laughs> is it like a... Because the movie... It's like, at least the main characters are British, and, like, it takes place in Sweden. So is it, like, a European book, or is it just, like... I think so, just because I, I've never heard of this book before, and also, I just found out that it was a book, so... Okay. <laughs> um, but in the novel, the thing is called Motor, and apparently that translates to Mother. And so, um, David Berkner said he wanted to preserve his own experience of reading the book when he did. And so he decided that the best thing to do is to make the creature kind of weird in the way it looks. Like, you can't tell what it actually is, or if it's, like, just a deer or if it's, like, something else. And he, he, um, he said, um, that they dug into Norse mythology and discovered a Jotnar clan of giants that were known as shapeshifters and would sometimes present with combined human and animal qualities. So they actually dug into Norse mythology and took out pieces that would fit very well for this movie, which is also evidence in, like, the fact that they reference Loki as its offspring, or, like, Loki isn't its offspring, but it is the offspring of Loki. <laughs> So, they talked oh. to Keith Thompson, who was, like, the creature designer for this. And, um, Keith Thompson basically came up with the idea to put the torso where the head is and make it look so strange. <laughs> and, That's yeah. really cool. He said that they did several different designs, but, like, they picked the one that you couldn't take your eyes off of. And, like... It's definitely, like, something that you can't look away from because, like, during the whole movie, I was, like, fixated on this thing every time it came up on the screen. You're like, what is that? What is that? Yeah, well, like, the way it moves, too, is, like, not, like, a normal, like, anything you've ever seen. 
Yeah, definitely. It's so strange. <laughs> and, like, the fact that they drew from Norse mythology, I think, is really interesting, because you don't really see that a lot in horror movies. Like, there are some that draw from, like, Native American mythology, but, like, yeah. usually it's just kind of, like, the films just invent their own mythologies. Mm -hmm. um, it's very rare that you, like, see a film draw from, like, this kind of mythology, so I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, it's still totally, like, a work of fiction. It's not something that they just kind of drew from mythology. They, like, made it up themselves, but still they've taken these aspects and put them together so well just based on the fact that, you know, they they looked at the mythology and thought of some stuff that would work well with what they were going for, you know? Yeah, it's like uh, research, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the things, I'm taking a production design class right now, and that's like one of the things that we've been talking about in our production design class, is like the importance of research um, for everything. Yeah, definitely. You know, with some movies, they like kind of do some research, but then they don't do it totally. Yeah. And so like it, like, they, they kind of hear, like, a little bit of story, and then they build off of that, and then it's totally, um, like, it, it, like, totally does not fit with anything that, like, the actual mythos was, like, if you're trying to go for something so authentic, but, you know, in this story, it feels very authentic in the way that they present the monster and in the way that they talk about it, so, um, I feel like they did a really good job with it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I read that um, the runes that were on the trees, so in the house, they, like, exit out after they've slept there and had the nightmares. And on the trees, there are, like, these runes. Apparently, it says property on the, uh, on the runes. Huh. So, I thought that was cool, like, that they put that in there. Yeah. So, like, from the get-go, like, the monster is like, nope, you're mine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is cool. I didn't catch that. Man, I wish I had. Because actually, okay, so this is like a little random detour here. Uh, when I was a freshman in high school, my friends and I decided to learn Viking runes. Oh, yeah. Just because apparently there was like something in our history textbook of like some Viking rune tablet had been found in Oklahoma or something. And so my friends and I thought that was really interesting. And, like, they had a picture in our book of, like, the runes and then, like, the letter corresponds with. And oh, so yeah. we just, like, decided to learn runes. And then we would write each other, like, notes and runes so that the teacher couldn't read it. And, like, <laughs> we did that for, like, about a few months and then forgot about it. But just, I don't know. It's one of those, like, amusing things that you do when you're bored in school. Yeah, I kind of did the same thing when I was in 7th and 8th grade, only it was with um, the ph the Phoenician alphabet. <laughs> so I'd write stuff in, in like, Phoenician. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah. How did that come about? Um, we were learning about the Phoenician alphabet because of the Mesopotamia stuff, and I was like, shit, this looks cool. <laughs> So I learned how to write it. I don't remember any of it. That was so long ago, but I, I did do that. <laughs> so, also, to go along with some more trivia, um, the um, 
cultists in the village that they end up in um, are all chanting uh, Blote, um, which is, like, a chant that they would use in, like, a ritual for offering food. But they, like, obviously took it further because you don't offer humans to gods in the um, Asatruor, I think is how you say it, in the Asatruor uh, ritual. So... They took it further than, like, what they actually did, but they are basically offering food to the Modair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still reading some of this. Yeah, like, no, that's okay. The rune scene in the early part of the movie on the trees, as well as the final act on Luke and the cultists, is the Odal rune from the Elder Futhark. It is the rune for O in the ancient written language of the Vikings, and is typically thought of as Odin's rune. But it also stands for heritage or estate. <laughs> the rune has also been co-opted by Nazis and white supremacists as a symbol, though its usage by them is ab- abhorred by people who adhere to Asatruar. So, like, the the rune that means property is, like, something that, um, that the Nazis have co-opted, but, like... That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the people who, like, the, the the stuff actually comes from as, like, stuff that they hate, you know? They're like, hey, fuck you Nazis! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. But man, like, what haven't the Nazis stole from? Like, they freaking stole the swastika from, like, Hindu mythology. Yeah. And, like, dumb shit. Yeah, you can't... <sighs> you can't win, because all the cool stuff and all the stuff that it meant. Now it's just tainted. Oh, okay. Um, so the original tagline was, they should have gone to Vegas, but then there was a massacre in Las Vegas in October, so then they changed it to, they should have gone to Abiza. That's <laughs> <laughs> super random. I mean, like... I wonder why, like, Vegas, though... Because they don't even talk about that in the film. No, like, they don't. It's weird. It's like they're trying to make it, like, Americanized in the advertising. Because so. they know, uh, like, it's going to be on Netflix and so Americans are going to be watching it. But, like... Oh, wow. <laughs> they were, like, backpacking around Europe. You know, they, they didn't... It didn't even come up that they were like, oh, hey, let's go to America. Yeah. <laughs> That, so, like, that's really kind of weird to to say. They should have gone to Vegas when, like, <laughs> they never thought about going to Vegas. <laughs> I think, like, they said that they were going to go to Switzerland or something. I remember or... they said um, one of the people suggested Belgium. Yeah. And another guy, because I remember I commented on this, another guy was like, oh, there's nothing to do in Belgium. <laughs> and I took offense to that because I went to Belgium over the summer and I loved it. So any Belgians listening to this, I support you. And I think your country is a wonderful country. Hell yeah. Words of support from us. They should have gone to Belgium. That should have been the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> that really should have been the tagline. Because <laughs> if nothing ever happens in Belgium, then like you'll be safe. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, you get to eat some delicious waffles. Yeah. And, like, see some cool art. Yeah, like, go, go eat some waffles and, like, chill out a little bit, my dudes. Not everything has to be, like, edgy and, like, full of adrenaline all the time, you know? <laughs> so, another thing. Rotten Tomatoes um, 
critics have scored it 71%. Audience score is 59%, which I think is unfair. I thought it was very good. I feel like I feel like a lot of those people couldn't get through the first act, you know? Yeah, that that would make sense. Well, like, also, um, a lot of audiences who aren't accustomed to watching horror movies, and this sounds bad because, like, I don't know, I guess, like, I don't really think that they should be judged any differently from, like, other movies, but at the same time, like, if you've watched enough horror movies, just the quality levels are, like, just different... Yeah, depending, from like depending on the story, the it's definitely you know you get yeah like I feel like if a lot of these people had like seen some of the just utter shit that is on Netflix, oh god, then you'd understand. or even on Hulu. <laughs> yeah, it's like then you'd understand a little more like how actually like well made this movie is. I mean, even like you know, even if it's not your thing, it's like looking at it from an objective viewpoint. It's like okay has competent cinematography, like, good special effects. It has, like, somewhat of a plot and a character arc, and, like... And the acting's pretty good. Yeah. Even though there's no character development, the acting is pretty pretty good. Yeah, it's, like, that's something that a lot of movies on Netflix don't have. And, like, that's not to say, you know, that you should, like, lower your standards or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. if you don't want to. It's just, like, I guess, like, for people who have seen a lot of horror movies, you just think about things in a different way when you've seen a lot of bad ones. Because um, there's definitely a lot of bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> it's like maybe you're more forgiving. Which, again, is not to say I'm going, like, easy on this film or anything either, because, like, I genuinely thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I did too. I I found myself very intrigued by at least the third act of the film. It Like, it was a slow build, of course, like I've said before, but, like, it's definitely worth sitting through, like, the boring crap during the first act to get to the really cool stuff at the end. (laughs) Yeah. Like, just for the creature design alone. Yeah, that and the setting and, like, the, the production design on it was great. Like, production design and, like, creature design... I feel like those are, like, the two things that you really need to make a horror movie really good, and they did it really well. Yeah, an atmosphere is, like, super important, and they got that down. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, you know, there are different kinds of movies that appeal to, like, different kinds of people, but, like, I feel like this is one of those, like, even if you don't watch a lot of horror, like, I do think that this would be a good, like, gateway movie. Yeah, it wasn't, like, too scary. There was some gore, but, like, it was so bizarre that, like, it was enough to, like, even get my friend who hates horror movies to watch it. But, yeah, I think that, like, just generally, like, you know, if you like horror, then, like, obviously I think you'll be into this. Especially if you're into, like, the specific genre of horror, like, either, like, cults kinds of movies, or, like, um... Just, like, monster features? Yeah, or, like, Blair Witch kind of stuff, where they're out in Mm -hmm. the woods, and, like, creepy nature. It's definitely not a found footage movie, but it's definitely, like, a a camping movie, you know? Yeah. Like, if you want to scare people before you go camping, show them this movie. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) If you want to scare them into, like, not wandering off the trail... Mm -hmm. Show this to your Boy Scouts. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Don't. Don't. 
yeah, it was a good movie, and I enjoyed it. I did too. I'm glad you. Props to Marty for suggesting we pick this one. Yeah, I'm glad you recommended. Out of the ones I wanted to watch that we chose through, it was this one. Would you rather? And then a movie with Barbara Crampton that I think just got put on there. And I feel like we'll definitely watch Would You Rather and the other one sometime soon. Yeah. Because those looked really interesting. But I felt like this one would be a good one to start out with just because I've heard a lot of good things about it. It was a good choice. Yeah. Um, so I think that just about wraps it up unless there's anything else you want to add. Um, hey, Motor, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. we officially declaring ourselves like worshippers? Um, I mean, not officially, but, like... We'll pay a little tribute if we're ever in the woods. I'll pay a tribute to the, to the, the monster workshop on that. Yeah. like, at least, at least I'm a follower of that now. (laughs) Yes. Highest of tribute to the production design team on this film. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, that just about wraps it up. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.